Hey, this is the diabolical Sam Triple A. You're listening to Yuck Yuck's podcast, home of champions. Now you can see where your favorite comics are performing and search for upcoming special shows at yuckyucks.com. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this very, very wonderful episode. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Before I get into it, though, again, let me just welcome you to the show. It has been a tremendous couple of weeks. Uh, lots of killer interviews. I've had the pleasure of sitting down with some amazing people and and just getting some, some world-class stories. Uh, today's show is no different. Uh, Mr. Bert Kreischer joins me today, and if you have any idea uh, about the excitement, the joy in my heart when uh, my producer, Kira, gave me the green light and said, hey, we are interviewing Mr. Bert Kreischer after his show, uh, I decided to go to the show. So uh, myself, my girlfriend, group of people, a uh, group of friends, we all went down to the show and watched him perform a sold-out show on a Thursday night, and it was absolutely unbelievable. Who the hell is texting me at a time like this? Don't they know that I'm recording uh, the show? Jesus criminy. Some people. Anyway, we went down to the show. We watched it, and it was absolutely a spectacle to behold, Bert Kreischer is one of the funniest human beings and one of the best raconteurs I have ever heard in my life. He just captivated the audience, had them in the palm of his hand, and even stayed after and, and told a couple of really funny stories uh, going above his time. And uh, it was just it was amazing to watch. Very, very nice guy. Stayed afterwards. And it's always a good mark of a great comedian if they stay after and actually shake hands uh, and, and take pictures with people. I always love watching that. I always I always look to see if people do that. And, of course, uh, Mr. Kreischer did that. Uh, afterwards, we got to sit down and, and, and BS. Now, usually I try to keep these podcasts short just because I know the attention span of some of you chimps. Uh, do, I'm joking. Uh, just... You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there nowadays. I know people like to, to you know, go and listen to to all of them and experience all of them. So I try to keep mine short, to the point, good interviews, and, you know, just make it fun. If we start going down the rabbit hole, if we start getting on good conversations and the conversation's just flowing, I let it go. I don't, I don't edit. I don't cut. I don't say, okay, well, you know, we got to wrap this up or whatever. I just go until I kind of sense that, uh, you know, either the person has to go use the restroom, uh, wants to go have a beer, or uh, is just tired of an- uh, you know, answering uh, questions. Uh, so uh, this was a very pleasant surprise. Bert and I sat down. And I told him, listen, this goes through, what, 30, 45 minutes, and, and, and that's it. Uh, so if you, you, know, you want to jet out of here. No, Mr. Kreischer went, well, I think we went a full hour on the podcast. Uh, it was nothing short of spectacular. We covered all of, you know, how he got into comedy, his college days, uh, and, and, you know, being a family man and all the things that, uh, that he's a part of now. It, it was just a fantastic interview. And uh, thank you again to Mr. Burt Kreischer for sitting down with me and sharing some of that life story. Absolute legend. Um, and, and again, if you have a chance to go see him, 
I implore you to do so. Uh, take a look at his website, BertBertBert.com. He also has a ton of, he's got, you know, just stuff going on everywhere. Shows, and you can hear him on Rogan's podcast. You can hear him on his podcast, The Bertcast. Uh, you know, travel shows, uh, it, it's endless, nonstop. But uh, I think we really sat down and, and connected. I think we had a great time. And, and even... Beyond that, uh, we all went down to the bar afterwards. Bert bought a round for uh, the the wait staff at at the Yucks Club uh, from myself, the GM Scott Roberts, and we all got to hang out afterwards and party with Bert well into the wee hours. So it was a it was a blast. And what a trooper! I know he had to get up early the next day to go do some radio stuff, uh, but he he hung in there, and uh, it was just uh, it was an absolute honor hanging out with him. So I am not going to continue talking. I want you guys to check out this interview. It is awesome. It's a full hour. Uh, make sure you listen to all of it. Uh, it just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, big shout out to all the people who are participating in the Calgary Yuck and Comers 2016 Amateur Comedy Competition. What a blast that has been. We've had some spectacular crowds, even with the warm weather. Uh, we're talking over 100 people, uh, which is dynamite. Uh, it's just to watch these future, future star. I can't even talk today. Future stars go up there and kill it on stage. They're doing amazing. And uh, we've had some some really amazing uh, comedians up there that have uh, have definitely have a bright future ahead of them. So stay tuned. Uh, YuckYucks.com, of course. Check out the Calgary Club. And there's always amateur stuff going on. Like I said a couple weeks ago, my buddy Pat Coppolino, uh, he's doing amateur shows, contests. Uh, th- there's, just, there's a ton of stuff. Go check it out, YuckYucks.com. But for now, let's go talk to my buddy, Mr. Burt, the Machine Kreischer. Stand-up down there at the time? Okay, when did you start stand-up? About a year ago. You started, oh, you started stand-up in Canada? Just in Canada. Smart. Yeah. (laughs) A lot easier crowd, right? Although, Houston, (laughs) if you had those those numbers in Houston, you know who you would have been partying with? Stanhope, Hedberg, Attell. Oh, yeah. Back when they were like fucking just road comics. Yeah. Dude, that would have been fucking amazing. That would have been great. That's the fucking golden unicorn time. Absolutely. But here's the thing, man, is that when I was living in Houston, I I went to high school in Houston. I heard of you. When you were with uh, FSU back in Tallahassee. Oh, for Rolling Stone. Dude, this is before fucking internet and... How crazy is that? everything, man. You were a legend. It was... Uh, you know, I've run, in a, I've run into like two or three people who have said that. Right. They're, they've been like, hey, man, I got that article. Like, right. I read that ar- I read that article. Right. Where in, in post, and like 20 years later, they're like, sure. you know, I read that article. And I always am like, it's such a cool... I don't know. The, the way this business works, it seems like so many people... Fade, right? And so the only thing I'm proud of, I'm not, I'm not proud of my, I'm proud of two things. I'm proud of the fact that that article happened, and I'm still in this business, right? And I'm proud. I'm very like, I say this almost tearfully. I'm proud to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah, that is the proud, my proudest achievement of my life. Because there was a while there where you tried to get away from that article, where you were like, really, like, I don't want that to <sighs> yeah. define me. My buddy Grimes, nine eleven. Um, happened uh, my buddy grimes cannon you can find him on facebook but right. he's a really interesting guy he was uh we, we had like very like just you know 9-11 happened to my buddy grimes like he, he said like a couple things that day he's like let's see if we can get a tea time tomorrow and i was like <laughs> i was like what 
He's like, oh, the course is going to be open. You know, yeah. no one's going to go golfing. Like, yeah, I bet yeah. we can play some great courses. And I was like, no. I was like, and he, and then he was like, he was like, well, you know, if uh, <laughs> if if we don't golf, the terrorists win. And I was like, that was the first time I heard that sentence. But he said another thing that week, and we ended up going golfing two days later after 9-11. <laughs> Because they like were the, the courses. Fee, the green fees will be cheap, bro. The green courses were wide open, and so. But he's golfing, and uh, and he said, you know, uh, he started talking about that article, and I said to him, I said, you know, I I really don't talk about it much, right? And he said to me, well, no, we grew up in Tampa. Me and my buddy uh, Croy, my buddy Grimes, right? Like, we all lived out in L.A. at the time. He goes, you know, I think that's disrespectful, and I went, why? And by the way, Grimes is not the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> Right. Like his nickname's Cannonball. He fell off a three-story building, cracked his skull open. Like he's not like he's the kind of guy that you're talking to. Him all of a sudden, he's like monkeys. Like he's not. He's not splitting the atom. He's not, he's just a fun fucking guy, mm-hmm. and he's good. He's got a really good heart. By the way, this guy lived with these three guys. Little sidebar on this story. Right. Lived with these three guys, and uh, Grimes used to party pretty hard. Yeah. And they lived down in Venice, and we went to go down to party with them. I think it was like Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> and, and they're cut, these dudes are cutting rails of coke, and they're like, "You want to do a bump?" And we're like. Okay, we're, so we're all snorting coke in fucking Venice with these guys, and these right. guys are explaining how the internet works. This is nineteen. <laughs> this is two thousand and probably one. I was going to say it's got to be like late nineties, early two thousand one, two thousand two, yeah. and they're like, "No, we got this social platform where <laughs> do you know who Dan Cook is?" I'm like, "Fucking Jesus." <laughs> These were the programmers of MySpace. No way. Yeah, bumping rails with the programmers. Holy shit. Of MySpace. Of MySpace. Tom. This is like the infancy. Tom. Tom. Like everybody's first first friend. Tom on. was in the room bumping rails. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. But but it, I remember and so but Grimes said to me. Uh, golfing, I think he said. You know, that's very disrespectful because if you that article hadn't come out, right. I wouldn't have moved to LA. Yeah. Courtney would have. Courtney Hansen, who's a very popular um, TV host, he goes, she might not have had the balls to move to LA. Right. Like you know, that article happened, and, and for kids in Florida, that made us feel like there was a possibility of this business, like something was out there for you. Well, yeah, like you know, it's very hard to, um, it's very hard to dream of big swings. When you're just hitting singles in Florida, or sure. I, I don't know, if anyone's listening to this and you're going like, I can never be in this business, right? It's the same concept. It's the exact same concept. It's like I grew up in Tampa, went to school in Tallahassee. I should be selling carpet in East Georgia, right? right. But I'm traveling the world, sure, and I have a really great life. And it was just, I was just a gamble. It was a gamble, but it was a ga- it wasn't really a gamble because that article came out, and then it just made all my friends who were now in the business, right? It gave them the confidence that. Like well, fuck not 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 disrespectfully, but fuck if Bert can do it, I can do it. Right. Or like maybe it's not unachievable. I know sure. Bert, you know yeah. type shit. We share a mutual friend though, Brant Tobler. Love Brant Tobler. Isn't he great? I had him on the show one time. This is like on my other show, but I interviewed him, and uh, his Mike Tyson stories, man, are, are fucking off the hook. Brant his- Tobler is um, is, I'll say, uh, and I I think I think. I'm I'm a really good storyteller. Like, dude, I, you're a dynamite raconteur. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah, man, amazing. But Brant kicks my dick in the dirt. <laughs> he does. He just isn't. And like, and I say this respectfully, he just hasn't been doing it long enough where people know his stories or know him, right, right, and get to like, and and let him breathe where sure. he can like just tell stories, right? Not do material, just tell stories. Not have to pander. I pander. Brant's the same guy I am. We're both panderers also like we want to do well we right. want to do well sure 
Um, and I and today I start tonight I started a story and I bailed on it because I was like, eh, new club first night. Yeah, but you know what? The crowd is so receptive to you, man. That that you know what? Because like I always think in, in terms of like comedians, like to be a, like a true raconteur. So many people are focused on their material for 5, 10, 20 minutes or whatever. But if you get that freedom to go up there and you really engage the audience, man, like you really have them in the palm of your hand until the, until the last punchline, that's a real risk to, to take someone on that journey with you and then to know that it's going to pay off at the end of it. It's not a risk. Uh, it, what it is, I know what you're saying, but like so funny as you say that on stage tonight, I thought to myself in the middle of telling the machine story, I went, there's no risk in this story. I know how the story ends. I know sure. I know I've done it enough. The risk was telling it the first time, and I have to credit that. I literally have to credit that to Joe Rogan. Right. Because Rogan, well, I mean, just without even fucking thinking, was just like, no, this is your story. This is your fucking swan song. This is right. this is your story. You tell this every time on stage. You tell it until it gets good. Right. But that's the way he works, man. Like, I don't work that way. I'm a little bit... I heard Rogan and Brewer one time talking on... Um, on. Uh, mm. Let me make sure I'm getting... You're hearing me. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, I heard Rogan and uh, Brewer one time talking about the death of stand-up. And the death of stand-up is guys who... Who are afraid to bomb? Right, right. If you're afraid to bomb, you're you're not you're never you'll never be a good stand up. Mm-hmm. You have to be comfortable with that feeling the next morning of like that didn't go so well in front of my peers. Right, it's really hard to deal with, man. Hey, when did you have that first moment though? Because like, you went out to L. A. My whole fucking life. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah because yeah. like. Like I've, I've, I had a, I've I had interviewed a couple guys. months ago. I had a couple months ago. I did no a show shit. with, with uh, Bill Burr and Joe Rogan, and I did material that, by the way, went on my special. Right. Like, but it just didn't wasn't received well that night, and I really woke up depressed. And I, and I did a show with Bill and Joe, and they and Bill and Joe are friends. They're they're genuine friends. Like right. meaning like I talk to them about I call them about bullshit, not about the business. Sure. About bullshit. Right. And uh, and I hang out with them, just talking about bullshit. Right. And uh, and they fucking murdered, and I bombed. <laughs> Where were you guys playing at? Uh, the store. And uh, and I said to my wife, I woke up the next morning, I was in a bad way. By the way, I'd gotten drunk that night, too, at the end of the night. And I right. fucking just, I got high. And I was like, there's a lot of things that were just, you know, a lot of things that went into this. Um, and I was like, bummed. And my wife said, no, 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 no. That's why we live in L.A. Well, this is my wife's a really great woman. Right. She goes, that's why we live in L.A. We live in L.A. so that... You can be around the greatest comics in the world sure. and watch them work and realize where you are right. and realize that's okay and realize what are you doing? <laughs> this is Angie, folks, everybody. Hi, Angie. Hi, Jay. How are you? Uh, Super, thank you. You're going to be on the Yuck Eggs podcast. That's right. Um, and, and she said, this is why we live in L.A. If, we, if you want, you can just do the road, and we can live in Atlanta. But if, or we can live in L.A., we can pay more, we can live in a smaller house, we sure. can have less, nicer cars, and, and live off of what we make. And, and you can be around the greatest in the world and have them inspire you instead of make you depressed. If you, wanna, if you don't want this feeling that you feel right now, she goes, right. this is a real feeling. If you don't want this, let's move to Nashville. Right, right. Let's move to Nashville and you can just do the road and feel like a murderer. Right, right, right. Or you can be around the greatest in the world. And I went, fuck, that's so true. Yeah. In L.A., you, you're like, guys that are the best comics in the world do sets next to me. Last night, the, two nights ago, two nights ago, I was on a show. By the way, I hosted a show. Mm-hmm. 
that was me, Mark Marin, Greg Fitzsimmons, Jesus. Andy Kindler, Greg Barrett, and Alexandria, Sophia Alexandria. It's fucking monsters. I let me, can I tell you, like, I sat in the back. The reason you live in L.A. is I sat in the back bullshitting with mm-hmm. Marin, Kindler, and Fitzsimmons. Jesus. And Barrett, you know, Greg's... Greg's a really fucking amazing comic, right. but Greg's his own beast. He's not like a he's not like a gossip guy. Yeah, yeah, he comes in, he does the work, he fucking kills it on stage. But I just sat with those guys and I went, there are probably two hundred thousand people that would pay ten grand to have this conversation Absolutely. with these guys. Absolutely, but that's why you live in LA, and that's why you do it. You do it to get inspired. And by the way, Marin stories, Fitzsimmons, Kindler, Greg. This girl, Sophia Alexander, told the best goddamn story I've ever heard. Really, honestly. Right. And th- those are the greatest comics. And that's why you live in L.A. That's why you live in L.A. And I make a lot of money. And I'm and I'm a really talented comic. But I take that job as a host. But that, that's the thing, though. Because I, I, I had this conversation a little while ago with a, a friend of mine who, who's, uh, who's a comic in, in Los Angeles. Well, he's a casting guy. But but he does comic on, you know, or comedy on on the side but but he was saying like LA is not where you go to make it LA is where you go to like work out in the best place to be around the peers that are like the most amazing in the world and when you it, it's okay it's kind of like this like I, I lived in Venice Beach right yeah. and when I went to Venice to the Gold's Gym yeah that's like the fucking epicenter of where everybody yes. goes yes to be the best and just working out there with these people you're like you're feeling inspired you're feeling great and then you take that with you and you showcase it to the world. And, and is, is is that how you feel? Like you go there and you you're amongst your peers of, of this amazing stand up comics, and then you you go out there and you showcase it. It's a little uh, LA is a little fucked up. Now I'll say that I believe that if you want to be around the best comics in the world who are doing pure comedy, no showcase shit, just pure comedy. That's New York, right? Uh, but I'm a New York guy. I'm always been a New York guy. I started in New York, right. so I always look at New York fondly. I was the analogy I draw is that New York is like working out in the prison yard, yeah. like you're doing it with a with a fucking broomstick and cinder blocks, and you're only learning how to not get raped in the prison. <laughs> like that's all you learn is how to not get sexually assaulted. And then LA is like is like spin class and right, and right. and Fine CrossFit. You, your body looks great, but you cannot defend yourself in the shower. <laughs> like you know, like you just still like, getting raped. But trust me, trust me. There are New York comics. But some of my best friends that come out to LA and don't know how to do stand up in LA. Right. And there are LA comics that go up with that horse shit act and sure. fucking New York crowd see through it. It's a it's yeah, a they don't it's, fuck around over there. They do not. And there's a fucking fine medium. But I will say right now, and this is me, I don't know a fucking thing, but this the store is where it's at right now. Yeah. Uh it and I'm not a store guy. I don't right. work the store. I mean I work the store regularly only because I do shows there, but like sure. I'm not like a regular. I'm not a paid regular. I'm not like Ari or Joey or Joe. Right. I just do shows there for because my friends put on shows. Sure. But right now it seems like that's where the show the that's the fucking where it's at, man. that's where it's at to me. And I, by the way, I've shit on the store before a ton. Right. Because it was it was in a funk for a while. But fuck, man, I'm watching like legit shit go down at the store. Like, is that intimidating for you though to go to hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm a regular person. I have ego and self-esteem just like everyone else, and I'm sure. not a paid regular. My names are not written on the wall. Right. Um, and, there, and, I, and, I, and, and, and I'll say this very candidly, and I, I don't need to say it. I'm sure people know this, but like there are guys who's, who maybe have not 
done as much as I have done done in the business whose names are on the wall and that definitely goes like well fuck does that mean that I'm not that funny or whatever that means to me I don't don't ever go well fuck him I I think I turn it back on me because that's the way my self esteem works right but uh and you just go like I'm I'm not cleared here I can't call in I can't do spots sure like where am I what's wrong with me right but I don't give a fuck, man. That's where everything good's going on right now. But does that mean though that like you come to like a place like Calgary, and does that does that kind of reaffirm your place because you no you're a huge hit here, man. No, oh well, thank you, but no, but I I mean I don't know the right way to answer that. The I'm very honest, mm-hmm. and by the way, I may not be. I don't know. I think you are, like, man. I, I, think, I think I'm honest, but sometimes things are jaded in fucking dishonesty and you don't even know you're doing it. Right. I mean, I I'm, I am in this business, this business filled with narcissism. Most narcissists are fucking, are, are fucking megalomaniacs. Like, so I, I have to be prone to that because sure. I do stand on stage for a fucking hour and talk about me. Sure. So I'll, I'll be as honest as I can. I am well aware that uh, the majority of people come to these shows based on my association with other great comics. Right. Um, and, 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 and definitely the fact that I've told some really good stories on their podcasts and I've, and I've been fun and I'm a fun guy and I've been funny on people's podcasts, but it's not like, it's not like I, I don't, I haven't, um, I haven't staked my own claim in, in, in like, in like, like I haven't had, like Tommy Buns is, right. Thomas Segura is one of my best friends in the world. Yeah. And I love him and I, and I'll, I'll be very, be very, Candid about all of this. Right. Ari Shafir is one of my favorite human beings. I, I call Ari. I call Ari and Joey Diaz two other of my best friends. Like right. where, I, where I can confide in them. Sure. Kurt Metzger, guys, I can confide in. Oh, where I can tell right. secrets to. Yeah. And secrets to, and they don't get out. That's right. the really important part. Right. I'm jealous. Yeah. Of Tom, Kurt, Joey, and Ari, and and more people as well. I'm sure they're out there. I don't mean to like exclude. I'm just saying sure. those are the first ones that come to my brain. Right. Only because they got in this business based on merit. They got in this business based on like them sitting in a room by themselves going, I want to be a comic. And then they tried it. And then they did it. And then they achieved it. And then they got to a place where they now have a following. I, on the other hand, I do feel like, I always Wait feel like this. Wait a second, though, because we, I, I remember reading that Rolling Stone article. and Yeah, but I was just were, some kid. I was just right, some kid. But, but but you were sitting there in, uh, what was it, Indian Village? Indian Village. FSU, Holy man. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, don't, I don't fucking forget, bro. FSU, and, and you were sitting there thinking, what what comes next for me? What right, however, however I, and, I, and I, I've earned where I am today. Sure. However, there was also an article behind me. So I got in stand-up. I moved to New York. I started doing it. I definitely earned my way into the scene. I earned my way on stage. I earned my way into the weekends. Yeah, I earned my way all the way. Yeah. However, and this is I this and I say this out of respect to every comic working, I am not lost on the fact that I earned my way to the weekends, but when industry came to see me, I also had this thing in my pocket. Right. I also had this article. Sure. Ari didn't have that. Buns didn't have that. Joe Rogan didn't have that. Coco didn't have. Coco it. didn't. Have, Coco's got. Joey's got. He's got some great stories. And he's shit. just got. He's Legendary. just the kind of guy. The second you tell him and his name to anybody, they fucking fall in love with the guy. Yeah, yeah. My Absolutely. dad. My mom. Everyone loves that guy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves that guy. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't have it. He had less than that. He had a prison record and a fucking drug problem. Hey, he can't even come come to Canada, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, and so, I always look up to those guys in the sense that, and I always feel like. 
and it doesn't like weigh on me or anything, but I will, I'm honest with the fact that I go, had that article never been written, would I be doing this? Right. Like, I always think that. I definitely always think that. Because I, I know I would have loved it. I know I would love this life. I always feel very lucky because I go, I love this life. Right. But would I have gotten this life had just some not fluke of some journalist calling my house mm-hmm. and going like, it's that sliding doors thing. You know, had, yeah. this, had, my, had I not gone to Russia, had I not fucked up, it all goes back to that Russian class. Right. Had I not fucked up, taken that Russian class, started taking Russian, gone to Russia, in Russia, my girlfriend of five years fucked my best friend. I remember, yeah, you said that you came back and, and all this shit was I got happening. the clap. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very honest about everything to a fault once again. I fucking wish I wasn't. But <laughs> she gave me the clap. It fucked my head up. Right. I started really partying. I party in Russia. I right. started really partying. Double down. And I and I literally was like, because my buddy Ozzy, my buddy Mike Osborne was like, I don't know how to deal with depression or how this works, but I do know if you drink, it goes away. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. And so I started really partying. Right. And, uh. And then I moved in with Hutch and Blair and Hem Street, and I just because I was partying a lot, and that was the circle I liked. And I I liked marijuana, and they fucking smoked pot. And my and my fraternity house didn't let you smoke pot in it. And I was like, I'll right. do a semester here, I'll do a semester there. <laughs> and then I just happened to be in that room when and taking a bong hit when Rolling Stone called. Had that call never happened, what would happen with me? I don't know. What do you think what, would have happened? I don't know. I, I think about that a lot actually lately. I start thinking. Wonder if I would have quit drinking? You think like so? I, yeah, maybe only because, because because like there was a point in your life where you tried to quit, right? Or, or I've, not, I've, not I've quit. Even. I've quit a number of times. Right, right. And I and like now I'm going through this thing right now where I don't drink as much. I know that doesn't sound like this on this podcast, but <laughs> um, but I don't drink at home. I don't like I didn't drink last night. My wife opened a bottle of wine, right? And it was really funny. She opened a bottle of wine at dinner, and she goes, uh, "Do you want a glass?" And I was like, "Oh no, I'm sorry." She poured me a glass, put it in front of me, and I said, "I don't feel like drinking." Right, and she went okay, but it was like interesting that I was like, I was like, I really don't feel like drinking. Right, but I think I don't drink at home. I drink less on the road. I drink less on planes. Right, I'm right. trying to curb that only not for any fucking addiction or whatever that is, but sure. like I'm doing that for health reasons, right. just so that I can live. In t- I don't want to die 57 like Prince. I do not want to die. Right, and that is how that works. So, um, but you also talked about going up on stage your first time and getting kind of kiboshed a bit because you were like the you were like the fucking closer that night when you first went up on stage. Yeah, and you didn't drink. I think you said in in and I'm, I'm going to probably fucking slaughter this, but but I think there was a quote there at, at one point in time where you said that there was a comedian that came to you and said, "Christian, you get used to drinking." I wish I, I I'm fuck. I'm only because I'm drunk. I'm so sorry right now. <laughs> um, Christian, uh, it's not Christian Finnegan. Oh, fuck. But this he's guy got told the you, like, don't. He's got the Schmoes podcast. Right. right. Schmoes knows podcast. He's been doing it for a long time, um, and I, and it's so funny. For, and this is, by the way, this is the way my life works. That sounded arrogant, but that will. <laughs> uh, but I'll leave it there. Right. Is that I met this guy? Like I go to do a show. I'd said the article, Rolling Stone article. I wanted to be a comic, right. and they put on a comedy show, some radio station. They put four real comics, guys that have done it before, like in front touring of me. comics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wish I knew this guy's name. Um, it's got to be Christian. Oh, fuck. Anyway, so I wish I could do it to credit him. Yeah, but uh, oh well. Look we'll, it up after. Yeah, we'll yeah. look it up, and uh, and I'm getting ready to go on stage. I did, there was a show for regular touring comics, and this kid went to. He was a Sigma new at Florida State. 
uh, did I say kid? We were kids, all kids at the time. And I was in the back at Potbelly's. Right. And I was, I cracked open a, a Miller Light. And uh, he just jumped over and he goes, uh, l- exact words, nothing for nothing, I wouldn't do that. And I went, really? And he goes, listen, if you plan on doing this for a long time, then you'll always need that. But if you do it sober, you'll never need it. And he goes, and I think that's a great way to do it. It, It's the best advice. It's the best advice because I don't need, I definitely don't need alcohol to go on stage. Did that make an imprint on you at at, at the time? At that moment, I heard that like a fucking, like the the gospel according to Luke. (laughs) And I went and I said to myself, you know what, this is this, this is really uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. I know alcohol will make this better and make it more comfortable. But I can do this sober and see if this is what I want to do for a job. I, I, I want to remember his name right now so bad only to credit him because for a long time I said that he wasn't a comic. Mm-hmm. Like I, I said, I don't know whatever happened to this guy. Right. And I said I, I thought it was one guy, but on his bio his age was different. Right. And I was like, I thought it was him. Right. And it turns out it's him. No shit. Yeah, it's, it's him. Uh, he live, works at the store. Um, I'll figure out the name. Damn. I'll, I can tell you right now. Uh, keep it, Ask me another question. I'll tell yeah, you right yeah. now. Well, because like... Here's, oh, I don't here's, have Wi-Fi. Never mind. <laughs> here's the thing, man. Is that I've heard every interview you've done on JRE, or Joe, yeah, Joe Rogan's yes. show. And, and, and I like tonight even, like when you were talking about your mafia story, I was sitting there thinking like, fuck, this is just a slam dunk because he's just... This guy's just fucking gold. Like all every story you tell is gold. But here's the thing, man: is that I look at you and father to father because I, I have a daughter. Yeah. And I, I, I listened to to your to your set tonight, and I was like, there's a real passion there for being a husband, for being a father. Even if you make jokes about it, yeah. There's a there's a real passion there for it, man. And, and that's the one thing I haven't heard you talk too much about. I'd love to really talk about that a bit, man. Is is that your your passion of being a father and for being a husband and and how much credit you give your wife and how much credit you give your kids and, and, and all that stuff, man. It's just, it's such a, it's a beautiful thing. I got, I got into a place, you know, the thing with Joe is like, um, you know, Joe, Joe's actually a much better dad than I am. No shit. Oh, but that's the thing that like, Joe never talks about his kids. Yeah. Right? But he's, that's him, man. He doesn't talk he's about very, his wife either. Very you, private. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. No one knows his wife's name other than people that have met her. Right. Right. Like, she's Mrs. Rogan to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, a, I don't even know what I've been in like an MMA game for years. I don't, yeah. I don't know anything about his life. Uh, he is, he has a beautiful family. No shit. Like, oh, like meaning like very locked down. Right. Like very private. And that's all I'll say. Right. I am not that way. I'm very open. Yeah. I love like, that about you. But I love that about Rogan, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. I wish I'd been like, he's definitely pulled me aside. I'm like, hey, man, you got to stop saying that. Because, <laughs> like, on my hour special, I said this, I named the name of the street we live on. Like, I don't even fucking, but that's the way I operate. And so I can't change that. Sure. That's the way I operate. The same way Ari leaves the, the name of a girl's, you. leaves the name of a girl with no arms or whatever right. in his special. Yeah. And then everyone shits on him, and Ari goes, and Ari's like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to respond. It's just the way I operate. I just tell the truth. And it's part of how this fucking works. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I'm I am the best thing. The best thing I've ever done. This sounds like I sound like fucking some chick comic quad kids <laughs> who's made it. And it's like, the greatest achievement of my life is my children. No, man. I love fucking. that shit about you, though. Like, but I really, I really love, I love my family. I love yeah. my family. The things I love the most in life are being at home. 
And the only reason I work is because so I can make money. I would much rather not work. Sure. Like I pulled in the other day, I was doing a uh, Periscope and I was listening to fucking Limp Biscuit. Right. And I pulled in, and my family was in the front yard, and I fucking love my dogs were out there. Yeah. My girls were out there. They were doing homework. My wife's out there with a glass of wine. Nothing better. And I and I had just done that like that big uh, fucking some show, and I was very hungover, and it was right. like the greatest moment. It was like, and the fucking weather's perfect in L.A., and oh, right man. now the uh, jasmine's blooming. Right. So everything smells great. Oh, it's the greatest. Like, I love that shit. And I love that. And I love that to a fault. Like, I almost say if you don't, you know, if you don't have that in life, I don't know how to, I don't know what to tell you. I don't. There's something different, man. Like, I, I, I always do this. I always, I pull out these IDs, because this is, this is me in Canada, right yeah. there, right? This is me in Texas. Look how fucking black I am in California. This is Venice Beach, man. California. Oh, shit. <laughs> dude, Cal- like California <laughs> really is. It's, it's about. It's a lifestyle place. Dude, it's the fucking best. Because we don't have the most property. Right. We don't have the biggest houses. Right. You end up spending money your, your money on a, on a car. Yeah. And and you go do shit. Everybody looks looks fucking proper. And it's on it's, the four hundred five. Everybody I looks great. fucking love it, man. I really miss. Um, there's one of the things that sucks about the road is like is not being able to be home and be with my girls. I'd love to coach softball. I'd love to. There's a lot I'd love to do, but that's not the life I signed up for. My dad told me that one time. I got real shitty on the road, and I was fucking pissed. And I was like, I was like, I'm missing everything. I'm missing everything. Like I was just right. shitting to my dad, and my dad goes, "Buddy, this is the life you signed up for. You don't want it. Get a different life." Yeah. He's like, if you want to tell jokes and be fucking have fun on the road, then don't do it. That, right. Like, if don't do it or do it. Like, don't fucking sit here and piss about it though. Right. Like, figure out, take your shots, and when you're home, have a great time. Sure. And and plan out. And and you know, and I I say this very candidly, but like, Burn Rogan both said to me, "How much money do you need?" Mm-hmm. They're like, "How much money do you need?" Because I can tell you what I'm making this weekend. And I'll ne- I'm not going to turn this weekend away. Right. I'm never going to turn this weekend away. But the the problem is they start building up, and you st- all your weekends turn into this weekend. And right now, all my weekends are this weekend. And, and then you start looking at money, and you go, "Fuck!" If I do the math, if I do like, if I do 25 of these, and then and then do Travel Channel for right. 25 weeks, trip. that's 50 weeks trip. Yeah. I have a couple trip, shows on Travel trip. Channel. Yeah. And you start looking at your bottom end and you're like god damn it man i i could give i can provide more for my family i don't mean this in like an arrogant way no no i absolutely. just mean it very like perfunctory sure and this is you can subtract these numbers or add these numbers this is for everyone but that's how i was i was working 50 weeks a year i was doing i was doing travel channel for like 40 fucking weeks right and i was doing stand up for fucking 30 weeks so if you look at it i was doing travel and stand up at the same time and i was killing myself Mm -hmm. i gained a bunch of weight i looked unhealthy my eyes were droopy and buren rogan pulled me aside of the store and they were like how much money do you need like what is the what is the bottom end what's the end game yeah what's the end game like they're like honestly and and i'll 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 speak exact numbers broad stroking it but like they were like say you didn't make an say this and this is a lot of money but like pretend right you didn't make an extra two hundred thousand dollars. Sure. Does that change your lifestyle? Right. And you're like, in my head, it does. But to to those guys, they've already been through that, and they're like, no, 
look at your life. Right. What are you working towards? Just keep working hard. Make yourself comfortable. Live a good life. And when you get to a place where you're making ridiculous money, like $25 million a year, then fucking go, oh, now I'll work myself into the grave. Right. But, like, right. don't do it for, you know, for... An extra couple of grand a year or whatever it is. It, you know, for me, it, 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 it does sound silly, but, like, but like it's not... It's It's... Maybe it's not enough. Maybe it is. I don't know. Like I, I'm still. I always. I always hear my dad in my head going, "Eat shit, cash checks." Right. Like fucking. If I can make two grand on the road for a week, I'm, I'm like, well, that's two grand. I, I like. I might be spending if I was home. Sure. Or if I can make five grand, that's five grand. I might have been spending. Right. Or what's my merch sales? Or like, or I'm building a market now. This market, like, I don't know. It's it's really fucked up. This business really fucks with your head. Yeah. Because then you like you do yucks and you do. Hamilton, you have a good weekend in Hamilton, and then you get an offer from Calgary, and you go to do Calgary, and then you start going like, "What do they have? Like 10, 10 chains? What if I right. made this for ten? Yeah, yeah, I could bang out like a Canadian tour, get on a bus, maybe fucking, yeah. fucking two friends, me, Buns, and Sorry, yeah, and, and fucking tear through Canada. Yeah, how man. fucking fun would that be? And then you go, oh, then that's not work anymore, and that's what Bill and Joe are doing. It's not work for them. Right. They go in, they have fucking fun. They do big theaters. They make great money, and they and they love what they do. For me, it's still work a little bit, you know. But is it always with the the family as the end game in mind? Like, do you always 100%. think of you always think of your like what type of life am I providing for my family? Uh, someone asked me, someone this girl, uh, this woman, this woman, I say girl, she was a lot younger than me, mm-hmm. um, has a podcast called The Tao of Comedy, right? Uh, that I will co-release on my podcast when her podcast premieres. She asked a very great interesting question which was um on your I, I don't i don't know if this is the question but this is how i remember it on your deathbed what will make you happy right and i thought so funny i often think about my deathbed and i go oh i'm just gonna be so sad but what will make me happy on my deathbed is if i know my family's taken care of like if i know that's so silly it's so silly and it makes me wonder then like what my friends who don't have kids like ari you know like what what will make him happy on his deathbed like, what you know? What will make him happy on his deathbed? That's, that's such an interesting thing, though. That, I mean, you actually bring up because I remember reading that, reading that article, or even interviews with you, where where, where you were like, I remember you 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 said that your dad was calling you, and I remember you were saying like I, the big mistake I had was sending mail to to my house in 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 Florida as opposed as opposed to his because he yeah. had to pay the bills or whatever. But that your dad called you one time and was just like, "Listen, this is what you fucking want." This is what you got to do, and yeah. and but like at that at that same time, man, is that is that just like this is the life I signed up for, and and this is the life that I'm I'm fucking living, and and this is I'm making the best out of it because it it's not, like but it's not, even, it's, father, not, it's not even the best of it. Like like that's the that's the really confusing part about my life is um, I'll say this anyone would love my life mm-hmm. It's so good. It really is good. Yeah. Like on the like the only thing that sucks is not seeing my family. That's sure. it. That's it. Now, for most people that's a game changer, but I would argue that if you if you had an opportunity to live my life for one year, mm-hmm. you'd go you'd literally sit down at the end of Jan- at the end of December and be like, 
what the fuck was that? Like, it really is great. I, I'm not even fucking around. And that's the thing where I get fucked up is that I can't, like, right now I'm engaged. I'm having a really good time. I love this. I, I think you're an amazing interviewer. Thank I'm you. not thinking about my kids at all. Like, I'm, like, and right now they're probably going to bed and being sure. like, just like, being normal. Yeah. And, but, uh, and I, like, in this last year, I traveled to nine countries, uh, for Travel Channel and right. I traveled, I traveled, the world doing stand-up and I hang out with the greatest stand-ups in the world yeah. and I do the greatest podcasts in the world and I I fucking have moments that every that people would pay ten thousand dollars for. Absolutely. Like I I literally have a great life. Like a dream scenario for me. For me. Not for me. Like now a lot of people will go like, no offense, I'm not into flying. Uh I I don't like comedy. I get offended easily. That's not that's not them. But for the, I think the, for the average podcast listener, they'd be like, like I'm looking at the names on this thing, and these are my friends. Sure. They're friends. Yeah. Like that. I'm that's never lost on me. Right. The, the, like, and I know Eliza or Nikki Glazer. I'm just saw those two names quickly. Sure. But like they're younger than I am, but they're my yeah. friends, and they are also inarguably two of the funniest female comics. Two of the funniest comics. I am sorry, girls, right. ladies. <laughs> Fuck, I'm a sexist. <laughs> there are two of the funniest comics working right now. Right. You know? Amy Schumer used to stay at our house. Like, when oh, we shit. go... When, yeah. Like, those are our friends. Yeah. And and being friends with the funniest people in the world is not bad. Right. Like, just the bullshit texts I get back and forth from people yeah. are... Like, I was in bed. I talked to Stan Hope last night. Like, just for, like, 30 minutes, we just got on the phone and just bullshitted. Right. Like, come on. Now, granted, for most people, maybe that's not a conversation they want to have. Doug Stanhope, are you kidding me? Like, fuck. For me and you, it is a dream. And so, in my life, I'm living the best life I can live. Yeah. The the, the push and pull is, you know, like, I'll tell you very candidly, I, I, I had a weekend where I was... Uh, I don't know what I was doing, but I was doing stand-up and doing travel, and I was flying around, and and uh, a Sunday show. I canceled a Sunday show. Right. And um, and then I got on the phone with Doug, and Doug was like, you should come to Bisbee, hang out for the day. Right. And I looked at the routing, and I was like, well, I, I got to fly through. I got to fly through Phoenix to get to L.A., or I could just fly straight into Tucson. If I go to Tucson, I can go down to Bisbee, and I can get a direct flight out of Tucson into L.A. Right. And I was like, fuck it. I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So, I, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, I got money, not not tons, but I got enough money to pay for this. Sure, I can afford a day to hang out with a friend, right? And party balls, <laughs> and party fucking balls. Like, have maybe one of the greatest nights I've ever had in my life. And, right. and so I, 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 I booked the ticket. Tell my wife. My wife's like, of course. My wife's like, this is how cool my wife is. This is a business expense. Right. You're hanging out with one of the greatest comics in the world. This is a business expense. <laughs> This is research. <laughs> so I book it. But then, of course, Saturday afternoon, I go, I made a mistake. Right. I should go home to my family. I should see my girls. That's who I love. Sure. I have dreams about that sometimes, about like me being at a club and not being with my family. And someone that doesn't matter is talking to me. And all I think about is my kids. Sure. I have dreams about that a lot. That's right. one of my more recurring dreams. And I def definitely regretted. I was like, fuck, man. I should, just, I should cancel this. I should call Stan up and go and just cancel it. Right. And uh, I didn't. And trust me when I say, it was one of the greatest times of my life. <laughs> what was it? Party in the Stanhope compound? Oh, fuck. I it can only imagine. Dude, it doesn't get better. I'm being dead. <laughs> I'm being dead serious to the point where I want to start booking his podcast where I have comics fly down, fly drive from Bi Tucson to Bisbee, 
and go party with him for a night. Guys, I want to hear talk to him. No shit. Oh, his place is fucking magical. It's like fucking four houses. It's got a bar. It's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. (laughs) Like like so much that I'm doing it again very soon. He's coming out to L.A. in in May. We're going to hang out. Uh, well, I think we're gonna bring the whole group, like the like uh, like uh, Chad Shank, yeah, uh, Bingo, and Doug to have dinner with my family. Oh, so man. I had dinner with Doug, dude. See, that's the kind of shit that I talk about. Like I had dinner with Doug. Uh, the first time I did a podcast with Doug, we did it at my house. We started drinking at like four, right? Drank well into dinner, right? And my and my wife comes, like my wife's so regular. She comes over. We're doing a podcast outside. Doug smoking. I'm smoking a cigar. She's like, uh, we're gonna have dinner. Do you guys? You guys want? What do you guys want for dinner? Right. And in my head, I'm like, did my wife just invite Doug Stanhope to dinner with my daughters? <laughs> and by the way, sun's setting. It's gorgeous outside. Doug's smoking cigarettes at the fucking dinner table. <laughs> my kids have never seen this shit. They're literally like fucking, like losing their minds. And Doug is, and Doug's like me. I, like, I don't talk to kids like they're kids. I talk to them like they're adults. Right. That's the way I just deal with my kids. Sure. And Doug's, and so my kids are on par, par with Doug. Right. So I'm telling you when I say, one of my favorite moments in life. Uh, Doug teaches the girls how to do a spit take. <laughs> well, by the way, we're eating outside of my backyard. Doug teaches girls how to spit take, and uh, explain that for the for the people that don't know what that is. Uh, he teaches them how to tell a joke, set up the punchline. Uh, when the punchline hits, you spit out whatever you've been drinking. <laughs> and so my wife automatically, I can see it in her eyes, she's like. Doug, this is a bad idea. We're eating there. <laughs> My girls are so fucking game for this. They're into it. <laughs> Leanne, uh, what's, so, what's even funnier about this, and I don't know if I'm fu- I'm saying this right, but I think I am, but if you listen to my podcast with Doug, you'll hear it, is Leanne, um, Leanne, Isla goes to tell a joke. Leanne steps on her punchline, right. and, and Isla starts crying, and Doug starts fucking yelling at Leanne going, you don't step on someone's punchline. <laughs> Like, trust me, I'm a comic. This is this is this is taboo. This shit. is taboo. And I, and he goes, I understand why she's crying. So her and Doug connect. Isla and Doug. No Isla, shit. my troubled crazy kid, connects with Doug Stanhope in a heartbeat. And then says, We do spit takes. And then says, Mom. Or she goes, Doug, do you want to play mustard hands? And Doug goes, What's that? And Leanne goes, No. And she goes, No. And she looks at Doug, she goes, We take this is a game we play at home. We take mustard. We pass it under the table. You either spray it in your hands or you don't. Right. And you rub it in your hands. And then you've got to guess around the table who put mustard in their hands <laughs> and who didn't put mustard in their hands. Now, it's it's a very silly game, but it, what it does, what it does is it allows the opportunity for my wife to get out of her comfort zone. <laughs> She's like my wife will never is net mustard stains. There's never she's never putting mustard in her hands. And you know, Isla, hundred like it's 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 basically a, it's like profiling people. Yeah. So Doug goes, oh, I definitely want to play mustard hands. He goes inside, gets mustard, <laughs> and we pat. And Leanne is like fucking livid that we're playing mustard hands. So, but she also is a comedy fan. She's my wife. And she realizes Doug Stanhope how brilliant he is. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, "This is a cool moment." So we take the mustard, we go under the table. Isla starts it off. Right. Isla starts it, passes it to Doug. Doug hands it under the table to Georgia. Georgia to Leanne. Leanne to me. I hand it to Isla. Isla puts it on the table and stops. And they goes, "Wait, can I change mine?" <laughs> and by the way, this is 
this is my favorite moment ever, ever, ever. Is Doug goes, no bullshit. He goes, well, clearly you didn't put it in your hands. She goes, you don't know that. And he goes, <laughs> she he goes, fucking calls him out. He goes, Isla, Isla, there's no way you're putting mustard back in the tube. Like you either, you clearly didn't put it on your hands, and now you're putting it on your hands. She goes, you don't know anything. <laughs> I have it under the table. You didn't see anything. He goes, Isla, I'm not an idiot. Like, he's talking to her like, 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 he's, a fucking adult, like he's at a like fucking craps table. Like, he goes, I'm not a he's fucking idiot. He's calling her bluff. Yeah, he goes, okay, you know what? Put it in your hands. The changers. Changers. You're allowed to change yours, but I know what you did. She goes, you don't know anything. And then clearly, she squirts it in her hands, and we all hear it. And Doug's like, I'm ready to go. Who's ready to go? Like, <laughs> by the way, this is like a moment in my family, and Doug's standing up sitting there, and then... He goes, I'm the first eyelids got mustard in her hands. What do you think? And everyone just goes, yeah, she's got mustard in her hands. She goes, this isn't fair. And then she's got it under, under the table. And Leanne, Leanne immediately goes, do not wipe that on your clothes. And then I, and he goes, Isla, show your hands, show your hands. And then she puts them up. And so she's got mustard in her hands. And he goes, knew it. She goes, well, I know he's got mustard in his hands. So Doug puts his hands. He's got mustard in his hands. Georgia goes, they're like, well, of course Georgia's got mustard in her hands. She puts mustard in her hands. Then, then we go to Leanne and everyone goes, no fucking way. And Leanne's like, no, I didn't put mustard in my hands. It was like the greatest, holy it was the greatest man. moment. Like, like the holy grail of fucking dinners man it was so oh, fucking God. beautiful but like but like i don't know I like that's the way i like like for a lot of people yeah they, that is not a great dinner that's a weird dinner that's not you know you got oh like you got two very different men at dinner with children and they're playing games that aren't funny or weird but for me that's life fucking dude that's that's amazing man that's that's the best story I've heard. Man, I, out of all the stories, I, I, I'll I've tell heard, you this man. right now. I love. I really, genuinely, and and um, I love Doug Stanhope. That guy is one of my favorite human beings. The what the he's just very honest. He's very real. He's not he's yeah. not full of shit. Right, and that's hard to come by. Rogan, Ari, uh, Buns, like Tommy Buns, and I are like I just you know Joey Diaz. Man, Joey Diaz got me out of therapy. Like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. He just was like, hey, man, if you Dude, need someone Coco to talk to. Coco was the fucking shit. I remember I, I I tweeted him, and I said I'd love to have you on the show. And uh, and I remember he tweeted me back, and he said, hey, man, that's not how you do shit. And I was like, okay. And then I emailed him, and he said, all right, brother, this is how you do it. This is you he's know, uh, he's old school, man. He's old school. He, like, let me tell you something. He called me up one day. I don't think he'd mind me telling this, but he called me up one day, and he goes. Uh, he called me a couple times. I, I didn't answer it. You know, you get, you're like, oh, I'm fucking driving. I'll, I'll sure. call him later. And then he called again. I was like, oh, now I'm doing this. I'll call right. him later. Called like a third time. And I was like, oh, I'm doing this. And then he, and then he didn't call for a couple days. And I called him. And he was like, dog, fuck that. When I call, you answer. No shit. <laughs> he, he goes, he goes, I don't fucking text. I don't, when I call, you answer. I want to make sure you're okay. I want to make sure everything's okay. Right. I'm not calling to fucking chit chat. Right. I'm calling to fucking see how you're doing. Right. And I was like, and I think phone, you know, phones in general have turned into this thing that where you know, I'm not a big chit chatter. I like right. to call if I have, I have a reason to call you. If I call you, yeah, we're gonna, you know, yeah, like I have, a, I have a genuine reason to call you. Sure. And Joey's that way. 
If I want to, and if, if you don't Ari's want to talk even like that too, yeah. Man. Ari's he's even fuck around with text or any of that shit. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Ari's in the fucking dark ages. <laughs> the flip phone. He's got a fucking flip phone. That guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he we're in Montreal and he's like, I don't know how to reply to this. Can someone take me on this coop text? He's like my dad. <laughs> like Ari, just you have money. You like get fucking, a fucking get a regular phone. phone. I understand that you believe. It will take up your time, but it will also make things a dick load easier. Exactly. exactly. So, uh, but Joey's that way. He's like, "Hey, man, when I call you, I'm 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 calling you to talk to you, right? For a, not for an hour, just yeah. to talk. Yeah. See how you're doing. Make sure we're all, you know, like everything's good. You sure. want to get coffee? Um. But yeah, we had that conversation. And I literally, uh, he doesn't call that I don't answer the phone. Right. And I and and I same vice versa. If you call him, he answers the phone. And if he doesn't answer the phone, he's calling you back in ten minutes. Right. Right. But yeah, he's a he's a great guy. Good dude. Oh, he's fucking best. Yeah, man. He's the best. You know what? There's there's only a very small amount, uh, like a list of people that I, it, it's a uh, huge honor for me to interview. You're obviously one of them. Uh, Joe Rogan, I've had the uh, opportunity to interview Ari Shafir sitting right where, where you are. I, yeah. I've interviewed uh, Steve uh, Simone. I've interviewed Sam Sam Tripoli. All these people, man. And, and uh, the passion that you bring to the stage and, and just who you are as a person, man. I look up to you, and, and I think you're just an amazing human being, man. So thank you for doing this podcast, man. No, I appreciate it. I got to compliment Steve Simone and Sam Tripoli then real quick. Yeah. Because dude, Steve Simone's one of the realest motherfuckers around. He really is. And he's absolutely hilarious. We did a podcast together and he just does not, he does not fake it. Dude, I walked away feeling inspired. Like we went out for Chinese food after we went out for dinner afterwards. And, and is Steve casino Simone, still open, by the way? It is. Oh yeah. Okay, it's 24 okay, hours. Bro. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Steve and I hung out after and, and, uh, and he was just one of those guys like, I, I other day, I got a I got a text from him, and, and he was just like, "Hey, man, like I want to come back to Canada." And hang He's out. so great. He's so, so genuine, great. Right? And and you know what? There's a there's a big. I, I'll say this, if if I'll say this, and I'm I'm I don't know if I'm part of that, but if you're accepted by that group, I, I guess I'm totally accepted by that group. But like, Absolutely. if you're accepted by that group of guys that are very like very discerning, mm-hmm. but however very welcoming, right. There are people that you'd never guess that they absolutely love, like the Tripleys and Brett Ernst's and, and Sebastian, Ari, Steve Byrne, Al Madrigal, Joe, like that group. Sure. If you're if that's if you're part of that posse, that's a great comic and a great person. Right. If you're on the outside, you're probably a shit. You're probably a dick. You were very self centered. <laughs> right. You looked at life about what about me? Right. Not as opposed to what about the team? What, what about the group? Us? Like Sure. Let me tell you something. You talk to anyone I just mentioned, and more, and and more. Uh, Neil Brennan, and and uh, I, like any, they're not looking over your shoulder when they talk to you. They're talking to you to your eyes. Right, right. Um, and that, and like, and I'll and I'll and I'll, I'll close out, or I'll say my last words, complimentary about Tripoli. Mm-hmm. Tripoli is probably my introduction to that whole group mm-hmm. because I'm sure you can Google this. I don't, I'm, I'm going to say a number. It's probably wrong. Don't ever fact check me too hard because my numbers are always wrong. <laughs> right. But like probably 15 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I did a show for National Lampoon. Frank Caliendo was a host. It was me, this woman, Tess. I wonder if she's still doing stand-up. Um, Sam Tripoli and maybe and maybe and Steve Byrne. Wow, no shit. And, uh, and I know Steve. I know Steve from New York. Uh, we... I would say we started together, but I was a doorman when he moved to New York. No, no, so sure. he knew how to do stand-up. I was just fucking figuring it out. Yeah. Um, and we were waiting to do this show. It was out in the pier on Santa Monica. And Tripoli, 
came up to me and was like, I didn't know him at all. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, man, I love your stand-up. It was a bit... This sh- if if you're listening to this and you're a comic, pay heed. Like, this is how you should work in this business. This is this should be the fucking constitution by which you live your life with. Because I, I this moment I learned more than anything in my entire life. Right. And then like I look, I'm a fucking grandiose motherfucker. I'm I'm a person. My therapist says I I I find epiphanous moments too quickly. Like, but. He said that to me, and he goes, hey, man, I think you're funny as shit. That touching the cops' faces joke you have, I love it. It's my favorite joke. Right. And I went, I got really excited. I went, yeah. I'm Bert. And he was like, I'm Sam. He was like, me and my buddy. And I, I don't know who he was standing with that night. But he was like, me and my buddy love you. Like, we think you're so funny. And I was like, oh, so cool. Are you doing stand-up tonight? And he was like, yeah, I'm on after you. And I was like, sweet, he's on after me. And he's pumping me up. He's getting me ready for my set. No shit. And in my head, I was like. Holy shit, like, I want to do really good, but I want him to do really good. Yeah. By the way, he murdered that night. He murdered. I had a great set. I, yeah. He murdered. I took that energy, and that's how I met Ari. Mm-hmm. As I I had seen Ari do this thing called The Amazing Racist that I thought was very funny. Right. Now, granted, in saying that, I'm a hate crime attributor or whatever, because The Amazing Racist is definitely racist. <laughs> <laughs> However, I, I dare anyone to not watch the... Uh, now it's a different world okay look i still think it's fun i don't think it's as funny now but like man when i saw it it was the it's funniest fucking genius, goddamn man. fucking thing i've ever seen <laughs> i saw it and then i saw him in a club uh, outside the comedy store and i walked up to him and i said my name's bert and i think you're really funny right. and ari went was caught you know ari's a fucking fucking idiot and now i can say this is his friend right. he was like oh thank you <laughs> like you know ari just with that goofy like arms crossed fucking bad posture skinny right. fuck he's like Nerd thank him. you and so we ended up seeing again each other at the seeing each other again at the uh at the improv at the bar right and i went hey man i'm bert i met you before and he was like no and he was like i'm ari i think you're really funny too and he says to this day he goes i got kicked out of the improv for a year <clears throat> because of that interaction with you i wanted to impress you because i liked i thought you were funny no so i took my pants off and showed my dick to the audience by the way, Ari and Sam Tripoli are two of my, my favorite human beings in the world, two of my closest friends. Tom Skura, are like, these guys are the best people ever. Yeah. So, man. if you're a young comic listening, <clears throat> your ego will be fucked up when you go into clubs. You're always going to feel insecure. That's part of it. I still feel insecure. I walked in this green room today and I didn't know anybody and I was like, right. fuck, I don't know anybody. I got to introduce myself. That's part of this business. Sure. But if you go in with an open heart and you say hello to everyone and, you, and you're sweet to everyone... I think you I think you beget a lot more than you'd ever imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had the opportunity, like I said, to, to sit down with Sam and, and, and pick his brain for an hour and a half, and it was one of the best interviews I've ever done in my life. Sam, I, I have a clip on my vlog about Sam. Do you? I, I still keep in contact with Sam all the He's time so on, on Facebook, and, and, and we yeah we chatted up once in a while. And, and of course, Steve Steve uh, Simone and, and, uh, and Pat Coppolino, he hooked me up with the Ari Shafir uh, show and stuff like that, and, and it's just... Man, and I, 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 when I think of you, I think of all those guys. So that's it's a, a good, good it's a cool, with. it's a cool group to be associated with. Absolutely. I'll say that uh, it's a, it's a cool little, I say brotherhood. Although that uh, you know, only because that's uh, look, I'm a patriarchal motherfucker. Yeah. So and and maybe I f- I'm fucking up by saying that, but like, 
there it's not that women aren't funny or not it's not I don't mean any of that shit I'm just saying that my buddies mm-hmm. that aren't like I don't hang out a lot with a lot of chicks I'm married sure so like my buddies I hang out with are these are my guys right and man it's a great group it's yeah. a great group and in that group they're obviously women I'm so fucking fucking self-correcting these days that I yeah. feel like I'm losing myself <laughs> that I can't just say what I'm saying because Amy and and fucking Liza and and Andy and Nikki and all yeah. the and Bonnie and fucking Sarah and Margaret and Janine and all these yeah, people yeah. know they're fucking murderers and they're and they're people I'd love to spend time with. But those are my, my you know like my wife's not going to be like, hey, why don't you and Eliza go down to Koreatown and have a beer? Right, right. But right. if Buns calls me, I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just the way my life works. Cause I'm married with two kids. Absolutely. But man, it's a good group of people. Yeah, I hope man. we got to something in this, dude. Honestly, it's it's. Uh, I rate this up there with the Sam Tripoli interview, man. It's uh, it's absolute honor to. to Who's it better than Ari's? Yeah, because Ari was like, "Yeah, yeah, just set your cell phone like this," and then it didn't record. So, uh, so I lost that entire podcast with with Ari. What about here. buns? Have you done buns yet? I haven't done buns, man. I haven't done buns. I want to do Rogan. I'd love to do Rogan. I'd love to do Marin. I'd love to do. Uh, I'd love to interview all these people, man. And, and Rogan's like, gonna be tough, only because his schedule is oh, a fucking. I can beast. just imagine, man. It's just it's that'd just be a, that crazy. would be a fucking dream guest. Unicorn for, for sure. me but, too. But you're up there, man. Like you're like I said. You like I, I bugged my producer for for months and months and months. You got to get Bert, and, and dude, it's absolute honor. And and I, I hope I hope your wife and I hope your kids know that when you're on the road and, and you're doing your stand up, man. Like it, 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 you say jokes and everything, but but you. I relate to you on, on that level of, of, of paying homage to your family and just being a passionate, good, good guy. And dude, it's an absolute honor to sit down with you, man. Thank you very much. I, I hope that, uh, I hope these are the podcasts people listen to when I get in trouble. <laughs> like, Cause I know I'll get in trouble. I mean, there's like the way society's working. It's like, I'm definitely like, I'm not, I'm just not a big thinker in that sense of like, I don't think about people's emotions. I think right, about right, a right. joke. Yeah. And so like, I said something I said something to Margaret Cho the other day, and I was like, fuck, I should have thought that through. But this is a woman that's dealt with sexual assault, and she goes, are there any funny rape jokes? And I was like, of course! Like, in my head, I was like, why the fuck would I say that? Why would I Why would I look at someone who's, who's, who's obviously talked about rape on stage? And I go, of course! Like, like almost like a fucking idiot, because I don't think things through, and then I'm laying in bed after the interview going, like, fuck. I really fucked that interview up, like... <laughs> I'm an idiot. Like I'm, I don't think things through, and so I'm like, oh, her fans are going to start a blog about me, and I'll fucking lose my job because I just looked at her. someone who had dealt with. And but Margaret's so cool. She was like, oh yeah. She was like, like what? And then I told her like, Sarah's very funny. Sarah's yeah. told some, and Tasha's told some. And I go, I'm not going to try to bastardize their rape jokes, but they made me laugh. And then and then Margaret is the consummate fucking open heart person. It was like. I can see what you're saying. I was like, thank you. Thank you for not being like, you should be fired. Motherfucker. So I hope they listen to this. I'm sure they will, man. And and, and, and when, when that when that uh, witch hunt starts for me, will you just aggressively post this and be like, oh, Bert's be a good your, guy. I'll be your, I'll, I'll be your biggest champion. And, and, uh, and I'm planning on going down back home to L.A. and, and, uh, and visiting uh, uh, Steve. Steve Simone, we're going to do a yeah. podcast. I'd love to look you up when I'm down there, man. Yeah, and let me know. Let me know there. when you're down there. I'm never home. So. <laughs> oh, the I literally am never home. Burt Kreischer, BurtBurtBurt.com. Check out my Showtime special. I don't know. You guys get Showtime up here? Absolutely. Uh, check out my Showtime special. It's airing soon. 
uh, Travel Channel, you don't get that. But uh, podcasts, are, yeah. Tra- uh, uh, Birth Conquerors airing uh, in June starts in June. I'm not allowed because we haven't done a press release. But right, right. But it's June seventh at eight o'clock. <laughs> double premiere episode. Uh, one of them is uh, oh whatever. Just tune in. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we're are, are you going to go party? Or are you going home? If I could hang out with you for, All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go gamble now. a little bit. Gamble? Back I got around? some shirt sale. Either to Sam. Yeah, Bert Sam Kreischer. and I. Sam and I don't party. <laughs> Thank you for doing this, man. Thank you. Folks, and there you have it, the Burt Kreischer interview. Didn't I tell you that was amazing? What a great guy. Thank you again, sir, for coming on the show and uh, sharing some of your life with all of us. And, uh, man, just keep on rocking, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely gifted and talented, and uh, it was great hanging out. One for the books. Uh, Stay tuned, folks. Lots of awesome shows coming up, and it only keeps getting better. keeps getting better. I'm telling you right now. Special thanks to the entire crew at Yuck Yucks. And of course, all of you guys for listening. On behalf of myself, your host, Jay Kirsch, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer, Kira Williams, and of course, our webmaster, Camille Sorovi. And don't forget my boy, Lane Argue, the man, the myth, the legend. Check out his stuff. His link is embedded on the podcast. He's the guy who does all the acoustic bumps for this show. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week.